Welcome to episode number five of the University of Vermont Medical Center Nursing Podcast Series, created by nurses. For nurses. I'm Colleen Roach, a hematology oncology nurse on SHEP4. And I'm Robert Hamble, a heart failure clinician and your MPG chair. This is our attempt to share new initiatives, current events, and a chance to celebrate some of the great work happening at the hospital. Our intent for the podcast is to have another platform for nurses to hear about current events or projects as they're rolling out. We have a big project that's affecting everyone coming up, and that is the EPIC upgrade, which is going to go live on November 11th. Today, we have two nurses here with us. We have Kathy Panzer, who has been a MICU nurse for over 30 years, and she, a month ago, just started um, as a on the EPIC training team. And we also have Rebecca Freeman, who is the CNIO, which is the Interim Chief Nursing Information Officer. So thanks so much for coming to join us. And we'd like to just have you guys tell us a little bit about what we can expect on November 11th. So on November 11th, um, around 2 in the morning, they'll do the upgrade from the 2015 to the 2018 software. And when you come in, hopefully that morning at 7 a.m., um, you'll be working in the new software. You'll have new cool things like the brain and the avatar, which will help with nursing efficiencies. And that day and for the next couple days, you'll have the epic training support that you've had in the past for upgrades. So it sounds great. There's going to be a lot of people around. So if you have questions, um, I know that your trainings have been great that we've gone to, but it'll be really helpful to have people here to help us ask those questions. That's awesome. Yeah, the brain, I'm hoping to get rid of my paper and pencil and actually just use just use the computer. You know, the whole structure of EPIC and how things people get involved, these trainings have really opened my eyes to see what it takes to really have these things go live and what we do behind the scenes before it actually goes to being uploaded. How does a nurse get involved? What opportunities are out there for nurses to really help drive that conversation? Uh, there's many opportunities. Currently, we have a nurse super user group, which will continue to develop. And... Uh, Going forward, our clinical um, ladder program on staff uh, nurse four, they'll actually be doing more on informatics. So those are some of the ways you can get involved. Um, Rebecca? Yep, so um, I've been here about a year. It's been great so far. I'll definitely be here through at least the next year, November of next year. Um, but one thing that is true about nursing in 2018, much to the chagrin of some of our nurses all over the United States, is that health IT is part of your practice now. So just like you have to have the clinical skills, you need to have some baseline informatics skills. It's all part of the job. Um, and these systems are no longer just a replica of your paper on the screen. They are fully functioning systems that can help you with alerting and prediction and, and they can help you manage your day and rescue patients early and all those kinds of things. So um, I am working with uh, nursing leadership on the operational side to really look at position descriptions and the clinical ladder and as we move our novice nurses forward to expert to make sure that they're not only advancing in their clinical skill but to make sure we give them the opportunity to define what is good nursing documentation. What does a good efficient flow sheet look like? Do alerts help them? Um, do they have dashboards? Did they get to weigh in on the dashboard? So there are a lot of informatics roles they can play. They don't have to be full-time roles like the one Kathy moved into, but we are actively seeking opportunities and hours for those folks to be able to step forward as super users and subject matter experts. 
Oppor- opportunities all over the place. Yeah, that's so cool. Because when I learned about the Avatar, I'm like, who thought of this? This is the coolest thing ever. Where wasn't this three years ago? So that's awesome. I mean, what's coming down the pike for Epic? I know that there's talk about our sister partners becoming online. What does that look like? So we have, obviously, the upgrade happens this November, November 11th. And that is everywhere we already have Epic at the Medical Center is going to get the upgraded version of Epic. What happens next November 2019 here at the Medical Center is that we have lots of areas that are not on Epic. So the lab is on SunQuest. OR is on Pisces. We have GE for our billing and scheduling. We have a different bed management software. All of that will move to Epic. So everything will be contained in one database and one system. And what will happen is you won't lose patient data along the way. So if they come in the ER, they go to the OR, they end up in the ICU and the floor, through the course of their stay, it's one continuous record. It's really easy to see what happened one to the other. Um, We will also pick up ambulatory and all of the billing and scheduling for CVMC Porter and CVPH at that point. And then about a year later, we will pick up CVMC and Porter on the inpatient side and then the last go live will be CVPH on the inpatient side. So we will get to a point where you can literally transfer a patient from one hospital to the other amongst those four hospitals, and it will be one continuous record for the patient. Wow. And that's hopefully be 2020? Uh, probably 2020 for all but CVPH. They should be around, I think, 2021. Wow. Yeah. We have multiple waves to this go live, but it's... The, the thing that's happening next November is going to have a significant impact even here at the medical center because the change of the billing and scheduling and having OR online is going to mean that we do things a little differently in our system too. Yeah, Kathy and Rebecca will keep us updated on what's coming down the pike. They've shared some, some exciting stuff that uh, we're going to have them back. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. This is Robert and my favorite part of our podcast where we get to talk to people Um, nurses from the hospital and hear what they're doing outside of work. So today we have Anna Bunnell, a nurse educator from M6 Neuroscience, and she is going to tell us about her company that she started with her husband called Venetian Ginger Ale. Thanks for for, um, joining us, Anna. Thanks for having me. Tell us, yeah, yeah. tell us a little bit about your company and how it got started. In 2015, my husband came up with this idea to revive a family story. Um, His great-great-grandparents bottled ginger ale, and they had a beverage business back in 1917 to the 1940s. And um, so he looked into that history and really wanted to bring back the product, or the name at least. So we made kind of a modernized version of the product with fresh um, ginger juice, that's um, and no preservatives, no extracts. We just have spices, lime, and sugar with it. So um, that is what the product is. It's um, very different than the typical ginger ale. So yeah, you brought us a sample today, and uh, we are enjoying it. It's delicious. Highly recommend samples being brought when people come in. It's <laughs> so good. Um, how do you get that like really good spicy taste out of it? Is it special ginger? Yeah, so the ginger is actually hand-sourced by someone we work with right here in Vermont. He goes down to Peru and picks it out in the fields in Peru, and then it's brought here and he hand-presses it, and that's how we get the ginger juice. Yeah, the bottle's awesome. It's got that really old, nostalgic uh, look to it. I love the Venetian ginger ale. Um, talk to me about, you know, I, I taste it. I think it'd be great, like, with a mule and that copper. Yeah, oh, Moscow my God. mules. Yep. So good. It works great as a mixer for many different types of um, 
of drinks, and you can find recipes on our website, spicyvt.com, as well as where to find the product. Um, the closest place to here would be um, Healthy Living in, Bur in South Burlington. Can we also buy it direct from you if we were yeah, interested? Yeah, you can get it directly from us in Williston at our office. So if you're ever interested, you can let us know via the website or in person, however you want. That's so cool. So it's spicy, S-P-I-C-Y-V-T dot com. I love the bottle. I'm definitely going to look for it next time I'm at the bevy. Um, thanks cool. again for coming. Thank you. We have two nurses with us here today from the mother-baby unit, which is Baird 7, and we and they both recently became RN4s. We have Sharon Schroeder. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and Kelly Bork, and they worked on a project regarding safe sleep environments, and they're trying to make sure that there's a safe sleep environment for every family in need. So can you guys tell us a little bit about what inspired this project? Uh, approximately two years ago, um, we had a patient on our floor that it was her sixth or seventh baby and her plan at home was to put her baby in a drawer for safe sleep and Sharon and I just kind of looked at each other and said this is our project we are going to somehow provide a safe sleep environment for every baby that was born at UVMMC. Kelly, um, it's kind of funny you say this because Kelly was there for when I had my first child is that a really common conversation you have on your floor where you see that a lot? Um, we have recently really upped our education with families um, and staff regarding safe sleep at home. We have always kind of talked about safe sleep in the past, but over the past couple of years, we've really um, talked to them about what their plans are, what they have at home for safe sleep. and it is coming to light that many people plan to bed share, um, don't have a place, are using a very old crib, um, and it just seems to be more of a problem. Yeah. Sharon, is I think remember back in nursing school it was called SIDS. Is that really a common issue in America these days? Um, sadly it is, and SIDS really isn't a term we're using anymore. We're using S-I-U-D, sudden unexplained infant death. I said that you and I backwards, um, which is almost always directly caused by unsafe sleep. The AAP recommends a baby sleep alone on their back in a crib, simple, um, nothing laying around, nothing extra. So we're following that cue to the T. And what does your program give to families? They, they educate them and what else are you guys having families leave the hospital with? Every family um, receives education um, via video and from nursing staff and their pediatric providers. They receive a safe sleep sack um, to replace loose blankets. Um, and if they don't have a safe sleep environment, they will receive a pack and play um, to take home with education around how to use that safely. Wow, this sounds like an amazing RN4 project, and that's awesome that you guys received that. Besides the project, who did you bring in on this? How did you get the funding? How did that look for you guys? The project um, coincided with a safe sleep hospital-wide committee that existed outside of the um, task force structure, and it included quality, pediatric quality, all the units that take care of babies, including NICU, PEDS, the ER, um, 
other units I'm not thinking of, and um, our own unit. We worked together to work on the policy. We introduced the Cribs for Kids project that we worked on to get these cribs in the homes. Um, and then we brought out teaching for all the nurses. Wow. Did you get great money from anyone special? Yes, and we really, Kelly and I really like to thank Children's Miracle Network and um, the Eagles Club of South Burlington. Very generous grant givers. Wow. Um, all this hard work, has it paid off? I mean, have you guys gotten any recognition? Yesterday, we actually received our gold level certification from Cribs for Kids, which is a national organization that um, provides safe sleep environments to all families. And they recognize hospitals that um, do extraordinary work for, for safe sleep um, for their families. So that was yesterday. We are very excited. Well, you guys are quite the example of taking something that bothered you that you were seeing and, and making a change. And now look at you guys got the gold standard yeah. for our hospital. That's, that's great. We really appreciate your time. If nurses want to find out a little bit more about this, want to get in contact with you because they have a patient that might benefit from the Safe Sleep program, um, how would they reach out to you? Safe Sleep at UVMHealth.org. That's our email address, and we will answer it. Our managers and educator are all on that. It's for patients, staff, uh, providers. Anybody can email us. Yeah. And they all, I know you guys have some binders with content, so if you're looking for a binder, send them an email. Thanks again so much. I'm so proud of the work you guys have done. This is amazing when I heard about it. Congratulations on the gold standard. I know a lot of hospitals in America don't have that. So it's a really amazing work that you guys have done. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you, guys. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We had a lot of fun putting it together. Got to learn about some great nurses, new initiatives coming out. Talk about Epic. Can't wait to November 11th. Yeah, it's going to be good. Well, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, look forward to uh, our next podcast. We are going to be highlighting CARP, another great nurse here, and maybe some surprises. Thanks for joining us. Have a good day.